What's up? It's Marvin of the Miles Ahead Podcast. For today, I'm going to be giving my perspective on the NFL and the NBA. So for the first topics I'm going to be speaking about for the NFL, it's going to be based on last week's Notable Games review. The next thing I'm going to talk about is Russell Wilson with his bad year so far. I'm also going to talk about the Jerry Jones controversy. As for the NBA, I'm going to be giving my perspective on Luka Doncic's style of play, Tyrese Halliburton's emergence, and then we also have Shea Gildress Alexander I'm going to be talking about as well with his great performance so far in the year. I'm also going to be talking about Kevin Durant doing good despite the drama that's been happening as of lately. And I'm also going to be talking about the Kings and where they are right now. And I'm also going to be talking about the Boston Celtics dominance so far on the year. So let's dive into it. But first, I want to tell you guys to like, comment, and subscribe. Check out the channel. Show your support. I have about 40 plus I have about 40 plus episodes on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple, and I have about 14 episodes on YouTube. So let's dive into the episode. So for the first notable game that we're going to dive into is the Vikings versus the Jets. Now this game, it was going to be a blowout at first because of the the defensive stops that the Vikings were able to get. They, they were able to get two interceptions. And this was able, this helped them seal the deal. Not only that, I mean, the Vikings, they were also able to, to get key stops in terms of keeping the Jets out of the end zone. So that helped them as well. And basically, the Jets, they weren't able to really go anywhere. I thought that Mike White, he was decent this game because, you know, he threw for maybe about 340 yards in passing, but he wasn't able to throw the football in the end zone in the end. And that was the point that really cost him. Plus, he was also inaccurate on the run. Plus, he threw a couple inaccurate passes as well. Now, do I think that this is going to you know, help them in the long run. I don't know. We'll see. But as of right now, I do I do believe that he is the better quarterback than Zach Wilson and also their other backup quarterback, Joe Flacco. So right now, they're just going to have to go with Mike White for right now. As for Kirk Cousins, on the other hand, listen, he did not have a great game. He made some key throws in order to get the victory, but he didn't really do that much. I mean, he had about 145 yards in passing. And also he was very, you know, just subpar. And Justin Jefferson, he did not really have that great of a game either. He caught 45 yards in terms of receiving, and he also caught one touchdown. So the Jets cornerbacks, essentially, they did win that game in terms of their, their ability to 
to stop Justin Jefferson. But in some instances, Justin Jefferson, he did get the best out of the cornerbacks in terms of Sauce Gardner. He was able to, to get, you know, some key catches on him. But Sauce Gardner, he was able to get to get some key stops on Justin Jefferson as well. So it went kind of both ways with that matchup to me. And Justin Jefferson, he did drop a pass as well. So that's what happened in this game. I thought it was a very close game, but the Jets, they ended up losing to the Vikings 27-22. to 22. It was a good game, though. And for the next game that happened was the Eagles versus the Titans. This game it was basically just a solidifier that just told everybody that the Eagles are either going to go to the NFC title game or they're going to go to the Super Bowl, okay? And basically, they played extremely dominant on the defensive end. Ryan Tannenhill, he couldn't go anywhere. I mean, he got sacked five times, okay? And he was inconsistent in terms of throwing the football like I expected for him to be against the Packers, which that didn't happen. But, but as for the Eagles, on the other hand, I mean, they they balled out. I mean, offensively, Jalen Hurts, you know, he was on fire. He threw for about 380 yards on passing, and he had a very high QBR, not to mention he also threw for three touchdowns, and he also had Devontae Smith, who was balling as well. He had about five receptions for – 105 yards and one touchdown. And then on top of that, they also had A.J. Brown, who bought out on his past team. You know, he had two touchdowns and also 119 yards on eight receptions. I mean, he was on fire. He just bullied the corners on the Titans' end. And basically, he just did his thing. A.J. Brown, he got his payback. and. But, hey, he's on a good team right now. And Jalen Hurts, he's definitely making an MVP candidate push. But I don't think that he's going to win the MVP, but he's in the conversation. So that's what happened with this game. I definitely did think that that Derrick Henry, he, he just shows that he's just not a big game performer, in my opinion. I mean, in this last game, he had... 11 carries and 30 rushing yards. I mean, that's just not enough. It's just not. So that's just my thing when it comes to Derrick Henry. I mean, he always chokes in the playoffs. And, you know, the defense, they were able to stuff him and get to him. So I do think that it's a little bit of both sides, but I also believe that it's also Derrick Henry who just doesn't show up all the time. So. That's just the nature of the Titans. So as for this game, you know, that's just my perspective on it. And for the Titans, I don't really think they're going to go anywhere. But if you guys want to know the score, it was 35 to 10. So that was the ending of that game. So for the next game that we're going to talk about is 
the Dolphins versus the 49ers. Now, this game was basically based on a great offense versus a great defense. Okay, and guess what? The defense prevailed. Okay. Tua, I mean, he ended up being inaccurate. The defense they were able to to get to Tua. I mean, Nick Bosa, he balled out. He had three sacks. And basically they they were just a great collective unit, like I predicted, like I thought they would be. This team, they have it all. But but the problem is, is now they're missing Jim, Jimmy Garoppolo, who broke his foot. And off of that alone, I do not believe they're going to go to the Super Bowl at all. I don't think they have a shot anymore. Even with Brock Purdy, he did do a, a, a good job. But, you know, when it comes to going to the Super Bowl and making things happen, listen, his nickname was Mr. Irrelevant. And guess what? We still don't really know who he really is. <laughs> Even though that he did a good job last week against the Dolphins. Okay. So, and then you had Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he did do a good job. Do I think that since that Baker since that Baker Mayfield is, you know, now cut from the from the Panthers, or he got released. Do I think that the 49ers will pick him up? It's possible, but but I don't believe that they will pick him up. Okay, I think that Baker Mayfield, he is an overrated quarterback. I think that he's Basuda. I do not believe that he's good at all. I believe that I believe that even if he has weapons on him, I'm not expecting for a great return in terms of them getting to the Super Bowl because they have a great defense. They have a good enough defense to go there. Okay. They are number one in the league. And you know that's that's just the case right now. As for the Dolphins on the other hand, like I said, two where he threw two interceptions. He also threw two touchdowns. And you know he was just gonna have his day in terms of being inconsistent. I mean he wasn't all he wasn't gonna be consistent throughout this whole year. <laughs> I mean he was on fire. I mean he had not thrown an interception since September, so you know it was gonna happen eventually. But but to me, I also believe that the defense they just played a very huge part in terms of making Tua flustered. So that's what happened. As for Tyreek Hill on the other hand, listen, he still did his thing. All right, he's unstoppable. He had 150 yards in terms of receiving, and he also had a touchdown. So he's just somebody who really can't be stopped unless that it's a game plan for him in the playoffs. So that's what happened to the Dolphins and the 49ers. The 49ers they won this game 33 to 17. It was a good game, and it was a big game. And let me tell you what I expect from Jimmy Garoppolo next year. I think that he's possibly going to be the biggest backup quarterback on the market. I do not believe that he's going to end up on the 49ers anymore. 
I am expecting 40, 49ers to try to go with Trey Lance from now on, despite their record with Jimmy Garoppolo. It's very good with Jimmy Garoppolo. Remember, the 49ers at 9 and 22 without Jimmy, without Jimmy Garoppolo. So I'm not going to expect anything different if he leaves. So he's going to be a free agent, and we're just going to see what the 49ers are going to do from now on when it comes to the regular season and also in the playoffs, because they're going to go to the playoffs. So that's my perspective on that game. So for the next and final game that happened that was notable, which was between the Bengals versus the Chiefs, this game was very evenly matched. The Bengals, they won this game 27 to 24. The Chiefs, Listen, it was like a darn near perfect game that the Chiefs would have had to play in terms of them coming out with this victory. Valdez scantily, he dropped the touchdown. And not only that, you had the field goal kicker miss the time. You also had Andy Reid not trust. Patrick Mahomes in that moment in terms of going forward on the fourth fourth down, they trusted their field goal kicker, which to me, I would have trusted Patrick Mahomes to go for it on that time. But, hey, I mean, I'm not the coach. But to me, that's, that's who I would have gone with. I would have gone with Patrick Mahomes or I would have ran the football with Pajenko because he was balling out the whole game. So, or McKinnon. He was balling too as well. So to me, that's what I thought they should have did. But at the same time, that's not what happened. And Joe Burrow, he really did show that, listen, they, they have their number right now. Do I think that Joe Burrow is Joe Cool? No. You can't be Joe Cool until you win a Super Bowl. <laughs> okay? You're not Joe Cool until you win a Super Bowl, Joe Burrow. All right. I know people want to give you the nickname of Joe Montana, but you haven't done anything yet. Okay. You got to Super Bowl. You did something that Josh Allen hasn't won. You also beat Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs and also in the regular season. But to me, I do not believe that you could be the nickname of Joe Cool unless you win the Super Bowl. Plus, you gotta you gotta play well in the Super Bowl. Last year you played terrible. OK. And basically that that to me, that will give you that moniker if you end up playing great and you end up getting to multiple Super Bowls. But as of right now, Joe Burrow, he's been doing his thing. He has a lot of weapons with them with Boyd, Chase. I mean, now P. Ryan. I mean, they all did their thing in this game. P. Ryan, he had about 100 plus yards. In, in the game in terms of rushing. Not only that, you also had Joe Burrow who was throwing darts, especially towards the game, especially towards the final two minutes where everybody thought they had a chance. The defense on the Bengals was very opportunistic. And basically, I mean, the Bengals, they are a huge threat in terms of getting back to the Super Bowl. That can happen. I would not be shocked at all. I just believe that the Bengals' defense 
they are a little bit better than the Chiefs' defense are. They just are. Okay, they're a lot more opportunist, a lot more opportunistic than the Chiefs are. Okay, so to me, I just wouldn't be shocked if the Bengals end up getting to the Super Bowl, but I'm not going to make my predictions until the playoffs come around. Do I think that Patrick Mahomes was was outplayed in this game? Not really. I think it's more so Andy Reid in terms of them not trusting Patrick Mahomes to make the right play in that fourth in that fourth down and them deciding to go with the field goal during that moment. And also, I also believe that it's also on Travis Kelsey fumbling the football. I know he was trying to go for those extra yards, but sometimes you should just call it quits and just stay with what you got. Because the Bengals, they did end up scoring a touchdown after that happened. Not, not only that, Valdez, Scantley, he also cost the Chiefs as well. So that's just my opinion on the game. Do I think that this is a rivalry? Not yet. It's not a rivalry yet until the Chiefs beat the Bengals. And they have to beat the Bengals in the playoffs. That's the only way it's a rivalry to me. Okay, they have to beat the Bengals back in the playoffs. If the Bengals beat the Chiefs in the playoffs, this is not a rival, despite it being very close in terms of their point differential. Each each game has been lost by three points. Okay, but it's not a rivalry yet. The Chiefs have to win in the playoffs in order for this to be a rivalry, and they have to beat the Bengals. Okay, so. Do I, do I still believe that the Chiefs have a shot in terms of getting to the Super Bowl? I do. But I also believe that Joe Burrow can upset the Chiefs and get them and end up getting to the Super Bowl. And plus, you also have the Bills who are, who are on the back burner as a potential team who get to the Super Bowl as well. So that's my perspective on this game. It was a good game. And it was very exciting. I thought it was I, I thought they definitely should have replaced the Cowboys in the Colts game, but I'm not the person who makes those calls. So, so, uh, so that's just my perspective on this game. So let's dive into Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, so far, he's had a terrible year. He's thrown eight touchdowns on the year, five interceptions. He's at a 58 in terms of completion percentage. And not only that, he's also thrown for less than 2,300 yards so far in the year. It has not been a good year so far in terms of Russell Wilson. He's just not the same player as he used to be. But they're also not allowing for him to freestyle and do what he used to do in terms of how he used to play, okay? Russell Wilson, you know, he was a very high football player, high football IQ level football player, okay? He was great in terms of QBR. I mean, I believe that he led the league in QBR for about five years, okay? 
Russell Wilson, he was a problem. All right. Now, the thing is, is like, can they get the same Russell Wilson as as they used to? I don't necessarily think so, but I don't believe that they can continue to have the same coach and believe they're going to get the same Russell Wilson. They're just not. Nathaniel Hackett is a terrible coach. He really is. And he should have been fired after his second game because he just made some bonehead, bonehead ideas. Okay, it was terrible for what happened during that time. But to me, you know, Russell Wilson, you know, if they were playing better as an offense, let's just say like they were scoring 19 points per game, right? They would have the best record in the league. They would be 10 and 2. Because their defense is playing elite. It's been playing elite all season. Okay. But I think that Russell Wilson, you know, they can end up doing a lot better next year. Because I just feel like all they really need is a very good running back and allow for Russell Wilson to, to get back to freestyling a little bit of his game plan when it comes to playing football. Okay? And they also need to switch to coach as well. And Russell Wilson, I mean, listen, he doesn't get the credit that he deserves in terms of his greatness, okay? Like I said, he only missed the playoffs one time when he was in Seattle, one time, okay? He was a problem for a long time, all right? He had the best QBR for about a five-year stretch. Not only that, I mean, everybody, they all want to come at Russell Wilson for not audible in it or or put it like this. They all want to come at Pete Carroll as well for throwing for throwing the football. Okay? And for not handing the football off to Marshawn Lynch. Right? But the thing is, is I thought that that defense was supposed to be one of the best defenses of all time. I thought that they were supposed to stop Tom Brady. And they did it. That's exactly what happened. Tom Brady, he marched down there, and he ended up getting two scores in the fourth quarter. Russell Wilson, he did his job. He did. They were up 24 to 10. Tom Brady, he came back on that defense, and they ended up winning. And they were not supposed to. That game was supposed to be closed in the fourth quarter. The defense was supposed to show up. That was not on Russell Wilson in terms of in terms of Russell Wilson having to come back and save the defense. Okay? So that's what happened. All right? Now, Russell Wilson, he doesn't get enough credit for what he did up until that point. Plus, he balled out in the previous playoff games to get them to the Super Bowl in the first place. Okay? He took out Aaron Rodgers. Right? So, like I said, 
the defense, they didn't show up in the fourth quarter. Okay, we could get at Russell Wilson all we want, but at the end of the day, they were up two scores. They were. So, to me, I just think that Russell Wilson, he's also getting a bad rap as well. Okay, a lot of people, they don't like Russell Wilson. All right? Now, I think that Russell Wilson, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. And he will deserve to be an Hall of Famer. And not only that, I think that he's also the best player to ever play for Seattle. I do. So that's my perspective on Russell Wilson. The next thing I'm going to move on to is the Jerry Jones controversy. So let's dive into Jerry Jones. So Jerry Jones in 1957 was caught in a picture that was taken when he was 14 years old. And basically, he was trying to keep the kids who were black, a part of the crowd who was trying to keep the kids who were black from integrating during that time. And it's been made a huge deal today. And basically, I just think that Jerry Jones at that time, you know, listen, he, he was a part of his environment. All right. And do I still think that he is racist today? Yes, I do. I do believe that he's still racist today. And put it like this. I also believe that every league is potentially racist. Right? Because 92 teams 92 out of all the major teams, from baseball to basketball to football, only one person who is a minority owns a team, and that is Michael Jordan. Okay? They're not putting any stipulations where if your team is trash or garbage or mediocre, for five to 10 years that uh, that essentially we're gonna give up the team for auction or, or let it go towards somebody who is a minority. They're not going to do that. And why should we expect, why should we expect them to? We shouldn't, okay? Now, Jerry Jones, he tried to say, at this time, that he was curious. Listen, my response to that is, listen, you're 14, and you knew full-blown where you were, why you were there, and what you were there to do. He, he better be lucky that it wasn't a video that was caught, and it was just a photo. All right? Now, he wants to use that as an excuse. He was 14, and he was curious. Come on now. Nobody believes that. He's probably still racist to this day. All right. Now, what he probably does is 
he operates like everything else, a business, and that's how he should operate, okay? Probably behind closed doors. You know, he's probably saying things, you know, with his billionaire um, friends who are also who are also team owners. Okay, he's probably saying racist things with them. I don't see why not. Okay, but obviously, when it comes to paying players, they are employees. You work for the Cowboys. You work for the Broncos. You work for the Suns. You work all these places. They're employees. And anybody else who works for those organizations, they're employees. Whether if it's the, the coach, the coordinator, the manager. Okay? So that's just the way it is. Okay, that's the dynamic. You can either complain, get mad, stuff like that, post things on Twitter, or you could cash a check, be an employee, or you could turn around and own your own league. Okay? That's what probably should happen with the NFL and the NBA and also back in the day, Major League Baseball, okay? Because in the 90s, we made up about 65 to 70% of the baseball league during that time in the 80s and 90s. But in the NBA, in the NFL today, we make up probably about 80 to 85% of both leagues, we do, right? So why don't we just, just leave as a talent, okay? Now, to me, I personally don't think that this is ever really going to happen only because of, you know, the money right now. Everybody's in love with the money. Everybody loves what they see, and they don't want to take that risk. Plus, they're athletes. Okay, which basically, you know, they're kind of built on a level of narcissism, of narcissism. Okay, you know, they're they're not going to see, you know, the bigger picture. All right, they're not going to see what it's like to be a regular black person. Okay, they're not going to see what it's like to be a regular. Black minority. Because for the most part, other than maybe Kurt Warner, okay, he's probably the only person who has probably lived a regular life before that uh, he ended up, you know, getting to where he was, which is becoming an NFL player, okay? He was somebody who wasn't highly recruited. Okay, he was living on food stamps. All right, he had he, he had a wife. Okay, but that wife also had two kids, but they weren't his kids at the time. All right, and he knows what it's like to also live in an apartment, right, 
with no money, but also no heat. Okay, he basically knows what it's like to be <laughs> to be homeless. All right, right. So, so basically, everybody else who, who is an athlete, for the most part, right? For the most part, I'm not trying to say that there's not anybody who who has not gone through anything in their life, but for the most part, these athletes they're pampered. They are, okay? From high school, from middle school, everybody knows what they're gonna be or become. They're not going to see the details of what it's like to be a regular. They're not. So that's why I don't think that something like this can happen, okay? In terms of the athletes turning around and, and trying to own their own league, okay? All right. So, and to tell you the truth, the only reason why that Michael Jordan was able to get to, to get that type of situation was essentially because of his brand, getting to where it got to. Okay. And to tell you the truth, the only reason why he even got to the only reason why he even went to the Wizards, so that so then basically he could try to own the team. Right? But hey. That owner did not want Michael Jordan to own the team. So Michael Jordan, he went over to somebody else who was black and they owned the team. And then basically he got it. He got what he wanted. But at the end of the day, you know, is Jerry Jones racist? Probably. All right. But is he going to demonstrate that around anybody? No, he's not. He's not going to do that. All right. He's just not. But behind closed doors, you know, he's probably probably saying a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> probably. I would not be shocked. And then on top of that, you also and you know, people or whatever, they also want to get mad at Jerry Jones for for uh for not taking a knee for the whole Colin Kaepernick situation. And here's my reaction to the situation, which nobody has ever heard on the podcast at all, okay? I think that Colin Kaepernick was a fraud, okay? He's never actually done anything for the community. He said that he was taking a knee to, to shed a light on, on what was happening for for our community, right? But guess what? We were already able to see what was happening for our community. We were, all right? We were already able to see that, all right? We can see that from an iPhone from anywhere, okay? Cameras are everywhere. Colin Kaepernick didn't do anything for us at all, all right? He didn't help anything, all right? In fact, he looked like a hypocrite in the long run, okay? All right? First of all, he should not have even have been on the 49ers in the first place. He was trash, all right? He had already lost his starting position to Blaine Gabbard, all right? But guess what? 
The Broncos offered him a chance. Not only that, the Ravens offered him a chance as well. And he messed both of those situations up. Okay? And then on top of that, he turns around, right? He turns around, and then he goes to a tryout, right? That was allegedly supposed to be all 30 teams there, right? But guess what? Instead of him doing it at the location that they were supposedly supposed to be at, right? He decided to switch locations, okay? That's what he decided to do, right? And then after the next thing you know, right, Colin Kaepernick, he goes on Netflix, right? He talks about how he talks about how the NFL is checking for defects, comparing the NFL combine to slavery. All right. Now, how does that make any sense? And you are an employee. You're getting paid. Paid. That's what you're getting. You're getting paid. That doesn't make any sense. It's not slavery. All right? And then you turn around, and you have desires to get to want to get back in the league. Colin Kaepernick didn't do anything for the black community. All right? In the long haul, he really confused everybody, except for me. I mean, I, I've been through this, so he wasn't going to. He wasn't gonna get me. <laughs> but but at but back to the Jerry Jones situation. I wasn't mad at Jerry Jones when Jerry Jones did not encourage the team to take a knee. Right? Because that is affecting his bottom line. Right? Shouldn't we all be about our bottom line in the long run? Yes, we should. We should all be about our bottom line. All right. It's all about the bottom line. And like I said, if you want to get mad at, at Jerry Jones, make your own league. All right? Or you could be an employee. Or you could just take your cash. Those are the three options you got. All right? But like I said, I don't think it's going to happen personally. All right? But can it happen? Yes, it can. All right? But... But guess what? It would it would have to take somebody who is, you know, on a very high intellectual level, and also somebody, and, and plus plus it would also take the want of the players to want to do the same. All right, it takes a desire for those players to want to do the same, to want to try something different. And and basically, when it comes to LeBron's comments on the Jerry Jones situation. He looks like a hypocrite too, all right? Because because essentially the only reason why he's even coming at Jerry Jones is because of the Kyrie Irving backlash, okay? After Kyrie Irving had said what he said, and then after that, LeBron James, he gave his reaction and nobody asked for it. He could have just said no comment, but he decided not to. He decided to chime in. He looked very bad in terms of how the black community viewed him, all right? So basically his whole get back was to try to, was to, try to go at Jerry Jones, okay? And then basically 
What Jerry Jones said was, listen, LeBron James, he's made a lot of money for for teams and everybody. And I have and basically I hope to have done the same. <laughs> That's what Jerry Jones said. I'm paraphrasing. Okay. And basically, that's just, you know, a warning shot in a way that uh that basically, you know, LeBron James like, yo, you better watch yourself. <laughs> that's what I think. I think that's more of a warning shot. Okay, I think I think that Jerry Jones, he's gonna get his get back. He's gonna try to get his get back in some way on LeBron for for his comments on on what on what he had said in terms of you know, when, when when LeBron James had said, you know, this Jerry Jones situation is being swept under, under the rug when it comes to Kyrie, this is being brought up all over the place, right? And, you know, in a nutshell, in a nutshell, LeBron James, he is right, okay? He's right. But at the end of the day, I see through the hypocrisy. All right. So that's my perspective on the Jerry Jones situation. And bef before I finish with the situation, I want to get to Stephen A. Smith. So everybody, they want to call Stephen A. Smith for coon. Right. And, and basically, you know, how he's like, quote unquote, shucking and jiving for, um, uh, for Jerry Jones and stuff like that. Now, listen. I don't know if anybody noticed this, right? But but Stephen A. Smith is an employee, okay? <laughs> Stephen A. Smith is an employee, all right? Stephen A. Smith, he works for ESPN, all right? They work him to death, all right? He's not a coon, all right? To me, I think a coon is is somebody who endangers who endangers the community. That's who I think is a coon. All right, the rap lyrics. Okay, you got the drug dealers, right? You got the fathers. All right, who are missing? All right, you got the baby mothers who don't want to let their fathers. Be a part of the kids' lives, all right. You also have you have the gangs, all right. You have all of those things; those contribute to being a cool in my book. Anybody who endangers the community, messes with the community, that is somebody who is a cool. Not somebody like Stephen A. Smith, who is an employee, okay? He's always had an employee mindset. Why are we getting mad at Stephen A. Smith for? All right? Why don't you do something and create your own media? Stop worrying about what Stephen A. Smith is doing or saying. So... That's my perspective on what Stephen A. Smith had said. I, I know he said that it's a still photo and he tried to justify it and stuff like that. But to me, that's not slighted. Okay. I don't think I don't think that it's just a still photo. 
I, I do believe that he's very lucky that it wasn't caught on video. All right. Because if it was caught on video, the next thing you know, you get everybody trying to clamor for him to be giving up the team, just like they're doing with Robert Sarver. Okay. So he's very lucky it wasn't caught on video during that time. All right. So that's my perspective on the Jerry Jones situation. The next thing I'm going to move on to is the NBA. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is the Luka Doncic situation. Okay, so Luka Doncic's style of play, I don't believe that he's going to get a championship. Okay, if he continues to play like this. Okay, he's playing exactly like LeBron James at Cleveland. He's playing like James Harden with the Rockets. Okay, being being extremely bar dominant. Everything, you know, relying on him. Everything being the sole reason of, of him. Like, he's just not going to be able to get a championship. Okay, I do believe that he is a, a very good player. All right, he is a very high quality, high star level player. He's improved defensively to a degree. And, but the thing is, but the thing is, is when it comes to somebody like Luka Doncic, he just, it's just everything runs through him when it comes to the offense. And that will cost them, okay? And the next thing you know, people, they're going to be trying to say, Luca, he's missing a shooter. Oh, Luca needs a ball handler. Oh, Luca needs a center. Okay. They're going to be giving him the LeBron James treatment where Luca, where Luca needs everything just like LeBron James does in order to win. Okay. Luca doesn't have defenders. Luca doesn't have shooters. Luca doesn't have a center. That's that's going to be their excuses in the upcoming years. If Luka Doncic doesn't doesn't change the style of play that he's playing yet, plus you know on top of that, it's also Jason Kidd's fault as well. Jason Kidd he has a very high basketball IQ, one of the greatest of all time, right? And he played on the Dallas Mavericks team and helped them that that they ended up getting a championship during that time, right in 2011. But even he knows that. And basically, they have to play team basketball in order for, for the team to win a championship, okay? But like I said, everything is running through Luka too much. And I do not think that Kemba Walker is going to be the savior. He's just not, okay? He has bad knees. He's not the same player as he used to be. And his efficiency isn't the same, okay? But, you know, be my guest. Pick up Kemba Walker. I mean, wait, I'm not trying to come at Kimmel Walker like that, but, you know, I, 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 do think, I do think that he deserves his money. And, hey, if he gets it, he gets it. That's, that's what's up. I'm happy for him. But at the same time, as for this fit, it's not going to help the Mavericks get far in the playoffs, okay? They're possibly going to be a first to second round exit, okay? No further than that, all right? 
So that's my perspective on Luka Doncic and the style of play. So for the next topic, I'm going to give my perspective on Tyrese Halliburton. Okay. So I'm going to pick up my phone because I got some stats I might want to read. So let me just, you know, check that out. So Tyrese Halliburton, he's been on fire. I mean, he's had two games where where basically he's had 40 assists overall total, right? And he's had zero turnovers, all right? He's the first player to ever do that in NBA history, okay? He's, he's balling on extremely high levels. I love the way that he plays. I think that basically if Trey Young plays like this, okay, with the amount of dog that he already does have, they're going to end up winning a championship in Atlanta or get into the finals, okay? But right now, it's been Tyree Talibur, okay? He's keeping the defense honest with his offense, okay, with getting to the rim and hitting mid-range shots here and there, hitting three-pointers, okay? All right, he's been on fire with his game, okay? He's easily the best pass in the league right now, throwing no-look passes all over the place. I mean, he gets a snapshot of what happens before the play even starts, okay? All right? He, he already does know who's open before they're open. I mean, I mean, he's, he's just a very good, very good player, very talented. I would not be shocked. Tyrese Halliburton ends up getting the Pacers to the NBA Finals, okay, because of his style of play. Now, guess what? It's not going to happen this year, all right? But it could definitely happen in the near future, all right? I definitely would not be shocked if that happens. As of right now, Tyrese Halliburton, he's been averaging 19, 11 assists on 46% shooting, 36% shooting from three, and 83% from the free throw line. And he's also been good defensively. Okay? What more can the Pacers ask from that? All right? And basically, I can definitely see him getting to the All-Star game for sure. And I could potentially see this team potentially making some noise in the playoffs in the first round only. All right? They're not going to go to the second round. They're not doing that, but I can definitely see them making some noise, potentially, you know, getting a team to six games or pushing it to seven. That can happen in the East. So I wouldn't be shocked if that would have happened. The only thing that's missing from Tyrese Halliburton's game is that dog in him. Okay. When it comes to him being more aggressive offensively when it comes to scoring. If he gets that, it's over. So that is my, you know, synopsis on Tyrese Halliburton. I like his game. As for the next person that we're going to move on to is Shea Gildress Alexander. He has been balling all year. I mean, he's been making the Clippers regret trading him. I mean, he's been on fire this year. I mean, He's averaging 31.1 points, six assists, 
51% shooting from the field, 34% shooting from the three-point line, or 92% from the free throw line. I mean, he can't he can't be stopped from even getting in the paint. I mean, he gets there whenever he wants, wherever he wants. I mean, he's doing turnaround jumpers, floaters, everything. I mean, he cannot be stopped. All right. Plus, he knows that he's not a great shooter when it comes to taking threes and stuff like that. So he's diversing his game. All right. He's getting mid-range shots instead of just, you know, taking 23s. All right. Pretending like he's Steph, but he's not. So he's totally changed his game. So shout out to him for doing that. Not to mention Shea Gilders Alexander. He also has the OKC Thunder in playoff contention. All right. They can end up making the playoffs by the end of this year. I would not be shocked if that were to happen. So the next play that we're going to talk about is Kevin Durant. This is despite all the drama, despite all the issues, despite all the hoopla that has been happening in terms of Ben Simmons, the organization with Kyrie and everything else, when it comes to the roster, the injuries and all that, Kevin Durant, he's been he's been consistent. All right. He's been playing like a top five player. I mean, you just got to give it to him. All right. He cannot be stopped at all. I mean, he's averaging 30 points. On 55% shooting from the field, 92% from the free throw line. And then on top of that, he's been very good defensively as well. I mean, he's basically the best defensive player on the team. And he's just been carrying this team as of right now. All right. And he currently has his team as the sixth seed. The sixth seed. I think as of right now, he's definitely in contention for being MVP, for sure. And that's it on on what I wanted to say about Kevin Durant. So the next thing I'm going to talk about is the Kings. So for the next thing I want to talk about is the Kings. Mike Brown has been doing extremely well so far within the year. I mean, he has them fifth in the West right now. I mean, they have been balling on fire so far. I mean, look at some of these numbers. They're second in the league in terms of points per game, second in assists. They are fourth in field goal percentage, 10th in the free throw line, fourth in offensive rating. And like I said, they're fifth in the Western Conference. If Mike Brown gets the Sacramento Kings to the playoffs, give him coach of the year. Give him coach of the year. He will deserve it. All right. Plus, he has the whole team playing good defensively. Not only that, he also has the team playing great offensively. I mean, you got Kevin Herter balling. You got a whole lot of other players balling as well. But you also got the two stars on this team and De'Aaron Fox and also Sabonis. You got De'Aaron Fox, who has shut everybody up in terms of regretting trading away. Tyrese Halliburton, okay? Now, I never really had anything to say about trade, okay? I felt like De'Aaron Fox, you know, I felt like he was a baller, okay? I felt like he was a good player. But at the same time, now he's proving that he could be a potential all-star, just like Shea Gildress Alexander is proving as well. 
But to me, I feel like he's been balling this year so far. He's been averaging 23 points 50, on 52% shooting from the field, 37% on three-point line. And then on top of that, he's also been balling as well from the free throw line, averaging 82% so far on the year, 5.8 assists on five rebounds. You cannot forget about the five rebounds, okay? Then you have DeMontis Bonus, averaging a double-double, 16 and 11 and 6.5 assists, okay? He has been balling all year long so far. So that's it on my perspective on the Kings. They have been doing their thing so far. Shout out to them. I really do like, you know, where things are going with this team. They have beat some very big name teams so far in the West and in the East, and they and they've just been keeping it going. So keep it up, Mike, Mike Brown. Hopefully, you know, he'll get this team to the playoffs. And guess what? Like I said, if they end up getting in the playoffs, give them the coach of the year. So for the last and final topic, that I want to talk about is the Boston Celtics. It's the Boston Celtics dominance. Listen, despite all the drama, despite all of the backlash within the situation that was going on with the Celtics, listen, Coach Mazzula has been balling, man. All right, he has his team balling on high levels. Okay, I mean, the team is number one. In points per game, second in field goal percentage, first in three-point percentage. Their offensive rating and net rating is also number one. Okay? Like, Jason Tatum has taken a step up. Okay? I think that he's a borderline superstar, but he's not a superstar yet. Okay? Based on how bad that he played in the finals. Okay? If he would have played great in the finals, then I would have gave him the superstar label, but I cannot give him the superstar label unless he plays great in the finals. And if he ends up winning the finals, then hey, he's definitely a superstar for sure. But um, he's been balling all year long. Okay? And he's definitely he's definitely an MVP conversation so far on the year. They're number one in the, they're number one in the East so far. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, they both have been gelling extremely well so far in the year as well. They've been playing great offensively and defensively. And it's not that much, you know, drama between the two. So it's very possible that this team can end up going back to the finals. That can happen. I feel like Malcolm Brogdon and also – I feel like Malcolm Brogdon has played a huge role in terms of him coming on the team. So, hey, I I just like this team right now. They've been doing extremely well so far. So I would not be shocked if they end up in the finals. But Jason Tatum, he's been averaging 30 points on 48% shooting from the field, 36% shooting from the three-point line, 87% from the free throw line, eight rebounds, and he's been going crazy defensively. 
So shout out to the Celtics and shout out to Coach Missoula for keeping his poise and not getting so nervous about how things were in the moment and just, you know, doing what he's supposed to do, which is stay focused and come up with great game plans. And basically they are where they are. So shout out to the Celtics for what they're doing right now. And that's it on my perspective on both the NBA and the NFL. I want to encourage you guys again to hit the like, comment, and subscribe. Check out the channel. Like I said, I have 40 plus episodes on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple, and about 14 episodes on YouTube. And remember, let's not be inches, feet, meters, nor yards. Let's be miles ahead. Have a great rest of your week. Have a good one.